You know, these past few months, we've had um, about five babies born to our church, uh, including a set of twins. And so it's been a tremendous blessing for our church as, we, as God has blessed us with these uh, newborn babies. And one of the things that uh, studies show is that these babies, while they're still in the mother's womb, that by, you know, at, at six, about six to seven months when they're still inside the womb, that they're able to already recognize their mother's voice. And at the same time, they're able to hear other people's voice. They're able to hear noises while they're inside the womb. But yet, the very voice that brings them much comfort is the voice of their mothers. And so when their mom is singing, when their mother is singing, it brings them much relief while they're still in the womb. And even though they hear all these different voices, they know that, you know what, that voice or that, this voice or that voice, that doesn't belong to my mom. But when my mom speaks, they love to listen to the, just to the voice of their mother. And as Christians, that's one of the things that we need to also come to recognize, is we also need to come to recognize the voice of our Lord Jesus Christ, the voice of our God. But what the Bible often teaches us is that the Bible teaches us that they're also just like the ch- a child, just like the baby when the baby is still in the womb, and that the, the child is able to hear many, many different voices. One of the things that the, that the Bible teaches us is that there are many, many different voices, even for us as Christians. And with all these voices that we hear speaking to us, that we need to be able to discern which voice is the voice of God. You know, as Christians, we... You know, one of the things we often want to know is we often want to know what God's will is for our lives. In order for us to understand God's will, it's for us to really be able to identify, for us to be able to discern the voice of God. You know, many times we have to make decisions in our everyday lives. As we make those decisions in our everyday lives, we want to be able to discern God's voice in our lives. So we can make those decisions. Those decisions are decisions that will bring much glory to our Lord. I know oftentimes when we talk about people hearing the, God, the voice of God, we often think that these people are crazy, right? That they have some kind of mental issue or anything like of that sort. And there are times, there are times that, that uh, people are crazy and they just hear, they just hallucinate and they hear all kinds of voices. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're not talking about people who, have, who are having mental issues and things of that sort. We're not talking about people who are hallucinating or anything like that. But we are talking about what Jesus Christ is saying here. And he says that my sheep, they listen to my voice. They know my voice, they listen to my voice, and they follow me. They follow me. And so as Christians, that's what Jesus says, is that as Christians, we are to be able to identify what his voice is. We are... We are supposed to be able to discern his voice so that way we can follow him. So we can follow Jesus Christ. And so in the scriptures, it teaches us that there's many different voices. First off, there's the voice of man. Now the voice of man is easy for us to discern because it's an audible voice. And we see the person talking to us. We see in Acts chapter 5, 29, the apostles and Peter as they were speaking And here in Acts chapter 5, verse 29, it says, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. And so this voice, the voice of man, is easy for us to discern. It's easy for us to tell when they're speaking to us because it's an audible voice coming from someone. One of the challenges for, for our Hmong ministry is that oftentimes we simply pay attention to the voice of the pastor. And we don't really seek out the voice of God. 
Because the pastor, a lot like the shaman, the pastor has taken the shaman's position in our own culture. And so we rely so much on the voice of the pastor, the voice of a man, rather than the voice of God. Here in America, one of the challenges that we often face here in Western Christianity is the voice of culture. We often listen to the voice of culture. It dictates to us our faith. And we follow the culture. Many times we don't listen to the voice of God, but we listen to the voice of culture. When we're down in, over at the annual conference, they broke us up into little groups. And in the, these little groups, there's lay people and there's pastors and you know, clergies. And we sat around just talking about certain things that's going on within the church. And one of the, one of the gentlemen in my, in, my, in my small group said to to us as pastors, and he said this. He said, you know what? If I was to go to a church, and if any pastors ever talks about marriage from the Bible, I'm getting up and leaving because I don't believe in the Bible. I don't believe in the, in the scriptures. I don't believe in what the Bible has to say about marriage. And so a lot of times, and you know, he talks about culture and things of that, that sort. And so a lot of times we, we ignore what God teaches us, but we look to culture. Other times we look to the pastor. Many times for young people nowadays, they look to athletes. They look to entertainers. They look to movie stars. And many times we even look to politicians to be the voice for us. And we follow the voice of these people. Whatever party we belong to, we follow the political leaders of that party. But what the Word of God teaches us, that when, we, that when it comes to the voice of man, that when it comes to the voice of man, that we are only to follow the voice of man when he does not conflict with God. When he does not conflict with God. Then there's another voice that the Bible talks about, and that is the voice of Satan. Now, one of the things that Satan has done for us here in Western Christianity, many times he's taught us that Satan does not even exist anymore. He has convinced us that he does not exist. Many times he's convinced us that God does not exist anymore. A lot of times that's one of the challenges that we have as Christians is whether or not we are actually convicted that Jesus Christ or, or whether or not we're convicted that God actually exists. And many times we go to church without this conviction. Many times we, go, we, we take part of the ministry of the church without the conviction of the existence of Jesus Christ or the existence of God himself. But the voice of Satan, one of the ways that we can recognize the voice of Satan as according to scriptures is that the scripture teaches us that he is the father of lies. That Satan is the father of lies. So his voice is a voice that lies to us. And we see, we see how he lied to Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 3. When God told them that they would will, they will certainly die if they were to eat from the tree of knowledge, Satan came before them. And in Genesis chapter 3 verse 4, Satan said to them, you will not certainly die. You see, so he, he takes the word of God and he totally twists it around and he says, you don't have to trust in God. God is just lying to you. God is not telling you the truth, you know, but believe in me because you will not certainly die. You can eat from that tree. You won't die. And we, we, the rest is history. We understand what happened. We, we know the history of that, what happened after Adam and Eve, after Adam and Eve ate from the tree. Another thing that we see from Satan is that his voice is a voice that tries to deceive us. 
And we go back to the account in Genesis chapter 3, and we, all, we can also see in the account of Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. But today I'm going to focus us in, in the Garden of Eden. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, Satan came before them, and he said this to them. He said, did God really say you must not eat from any tree? You see, I want us to pay attention to that. He says, did, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Now, if we were to go back to Genesis chapter 2, we see that God never said that, right? God never said that. In Genesis chapter 2, what God told them was that God actually told them that you can actually eat from any tree except the tree of knowledge. And yet, here comes Satan, and he's saying, you know what? Did God really say that you must not eat from any tree at all? So we see that what Satan does, the voice of Satan, what he does is first he lies to us, the second thing is he tries to twist the word of God to deceit us. To deceit us. The third thing we see from the voice of Satan is that he leads us to rebel against God. He, said, he says in Genesis chapter 3, verse 4, the B, the second part of verse 4, and he says to them that, you know what, you will actually be like God. That if you eat from this tree, you will actually be like God. In other words, what he's saying is that God is trying to keep you from experiencing your full potential. God is trying to keep you down. And so it's okay for you to rebel against God. It's okay for you to sin. Sometimes we often hear this, this idea that it's okay for you to sin. God will just forgive you for it. But the Word of God teaches us that the grace of God is not there for us to sin. It's there to lead us to Christ. The Word of God teaches us, here in the accounts of Genesis chapter 3, Satan is trying to get them to, understand, to, to believe, to believe that they can become the ones to determine right from wrong. He, he says that, you know what, you will know right from wrong. And, and God does not want you to do that, and so that's why God does not want you to eat from that tree. And so we see three things here. The first thing is that the voice of Satan lies to us. The voice of Satan deceits us. And the voice of Satan encourages us to rebel against God. It teaches us that it's okay for us to sin against God. And what the scripture teaches us about this voice is that we're never, never, ever to listen to the voice of Satan. The third voice that the Bible often talks about is the voice of self, your own voice when you're talking to yourself. We see in Luke chapter 18, verse 4, the parable of the persistent widow and of the judge. And Jesus Christ says this about the judge. He says, but he finally said to himself. And so the voice of yourself, when you're talking to yourself, it can either be your own thoughts or it can be just you audibly talking to yourself. Now, one of the things that we often talk about is self-love, which is something the Bible does encourage us is to love ourselves. But we must be careful with that. We must be careful that we don't love ourselves to the point that we become selfish, that the, to the point, to the point that we, that we elevate ourselves above God, just like how Satan wanted to do. That was the sin of Lucifer. The sin of Lucifer was that he, he wanted to become God himself because he was leading worship. He, he, he was the, the, the most powerful of all the angels, the most beautiful of all the angels. And so he wanted the throne for himself. He wanted to replace God himself. That was his sin. And so even if we're to love ourselves, our love is to humble us. It's not to lift us above God. It's not to lift, lift us, to make us 
to be higher than God in any way or shape or form or anything of that sort. And so the Bible says to us in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, about ourselves, he says that there is a path that seems right to men, but leads to destruction. There is a path that seems right to man, but leads to destruction. So many times you might think that your thoughts are correct. Many times we may think that our ways are correct, but that way might not be the way that God intends us to go. And so we need to seek out the voice of God to know. And if, we're, if we don't seek out the will of God, we don't seek out the voice of God. And if we were to go continue on that path, then what it's going to do, it's going to lead us towards uh, destruction. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to verse 6, one of my favorite Bible verses, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. When it talks about us, it talks about trusting in the Lord with all of our heart and not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. The voice of self, the voice of self. And whether, even though we are to love ourselves, we must understand that this love for ourselves is to submit ourselves to God, not to elevate us above God, not to become God's ourselves, but to humble ourselves before the Lord, to trust in the Lord. And then the fourth voice is the voice of God. It is the voice of God. And the Bible tells us that there is a God. In order for us to hear, or to, in order for us to be able to discern the voice of God, is that we must believe that there is a God. That we must believe that there is a God. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the very first verse of the Bible goes on and it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You know, the Bible never spends any time trying to convince us that God exists. It simply assumes the existence of God. And so this is where everything starts, is that whether or not do we have faith in the existence of God. Because if we, if we're not con- we have no conviction in the existence of God, we will never be able to identify God's voice because there is no God, right? If you don't believe in God, you're not going to be able to identify his voice. And so the first thing we must realize is that there is a God, the second thing is that, is that this God, he communicates to us. Last week, we talked about this, the story of Naaman, and he, we, we saw how God communicated to Naaman, that God used a slave girl to speak to Naaman, to tell Naaman to go to Israel to receive healing for his leprosy. We see in the, we see in the story of King David, after he sinned with Bathsheba, God used the prophet Nathan to go before King David to ask David to repent of his sin. This is how God spoke to him. We see in the Old Testament with all the prophets speaking to the nation of Israel. And many times, the Israelites at that time, they rejected the message of the prophets. We've also studied in the past about the, that the entire Bible is written by God. That, that, that the Holy Spirit is the author of the, the scriptures, that he is the one that, to write the scriptures. And even though he used men to write the scriptures, that the actual author of all the scripture is the Holy Spirit. And so one of the things that we need to ask ourselves is that how many times, how many times do we actually consult with the scriptures before making a decision in our lives? Oftentimes, I'm guilty of this myself, but oftentimes we don't. 
Oftentimes, even on ministry in the church, many times our ministry in the church, when we do ministry, we go about doing things without consulting what God wants us to do. And we try to seek out our own will instead of seeking out the will of God, instead of seeking out what God wants us to do. And we see here in John chapter 10, verse 27, it says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And so to recognize his voice, we need to be part of his sheep. We need to be his sheep. And that's one of the difficult things. That's one of the challenges for us as Christians is that we often come to church for many years. But the question is whether or not we belong to, to, to the sheep of Christ. Because we can come to church our whole life without belonging to, the sheep, belonging to this group. That's one of the challenges that we must continue to examine ourselves to, to ensure that we are in the faith. There's, a, there's an old saying that, you know, just being in the, in the garage doesn't make you into a car, right? Coming to church does not actually make us a Christian. And so Jesus Christ is, all, so Jesus Christ is saying that my sheep, those who are mine, they will, they will listen to my voice. They will hear my voice. They will know my voice. And I will know them. And I will know them. And they will follow me. That's one of the things, it's it's a great, great challenge for us as Christians is to continue to challenge ourselves to see, am am I really in the faith? Am I really in the faith of God? And we also must understand is that God has something important to say, excuse me, to say to us. God always has something important to say to us. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7, it says, So as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness. The rebellion here is talking about Israel's rebellion against God as God led them out of Egypt, led them out of slavery. And here we see today tells us that today God is still speaking to his people, that today God is still speaking to us through his revelation, through his word, through other Christians, that God is still speaking to us. So how do we reason through this? How do we reason with God's will? How do we work ourselves through this? We know the Roman Catholic Church, and we know the reason why we, we got out of the Roman Catholic Church is because in the Roman Catholic Church, the person with the authority is pretty much the Pope. While they believe in the Scripture, um, their ultimate authority really comes from how the Pope interprets the Scriptures. So the Pope becomes the ultimate authority in the Catholic Church. And we, as Protestants, we don't believe in that. And that's part of our Reformation. That's part of our history. As we came out of the Catholic Church, the thing that we emphasize on the, the Reformed Fathers, um, they emphasize on the Scripture. They took the Scripture, and the Scripture is what, what replaced the authority of the Pope. The Scripture became the ultimate authority. They called this uh, the Sola Scriptura. Sola Scriptura, meaning Scripture alone is the infallible foundation for our faith, and everything is based upon this. Everything is based upon this. Now, here in um, the United Methodists, we have what's called the Wesleyan Quadrilateral, and this, is not, this was not turned by Wesley himself, but this is how Wesley came about to reason as, as he studied Scriptures. And one of the things, and during Wesley's time and during the times of the Reformed Fathers, the Scripture was the, the, the foundational. It was the, it, was the, it was the objective truth. It was how they reasoned everything. And even though Wesley often talks about tradition and experience and reason, everything was based upon Scripture. And everything had to confirm, uh, conform to the Scripture. But as time passed, of course, things changed, Right? 
As culture evolves, as times pass, things change. And as, as we enter into postmodernism and we, we start to lose focus on, on absolute truth, on objective truth, and we start emphasizing more and more on experiential truth, we, we start to emphasize more and more on experience. The scripture takes a back seat, and our experience becomes the foundation for our, for our own faith. We start, we start, you know, we start uh, relying on our, on our own personal experience in the faith. And, there's what, and, you know, experience is very subjective. It's very subjective, so that's the reason why we have so many people with so many different faiths whether even though they belong to the same church and everybody's divided because everybody promotes their experience above the other person. And so to hear the voice of God is something that we need to really consider. How are we going to hear, how are we going to seek out the voice of God in our church? How are we going to seek out the will of God in our church? How are we going to seek out the will of God in our own personal lives? Are we going to follow what the the Reformed Fathers did, or are we going to follow what John Wesley did during his time, what they did, or are we going to follow what, you know, during our time with postmodernism started start entering to our universities when postmodernism, the idea, the philosophy of postmodernism started entering to our seminaries and then eventually into our churches, and we start to elevate experience above scriptures. And so by doing that, everything becomes so subjective that everybody becomes divided. Everybody has their own experience now. Everybody wants to do their own thing. It's hard to bring people to, to become one. It's hard to unite the church. One of the things that my ordained board often talks to me, talks to me is, Chang, how are, you going to, uh, how are you going to bring everybody together? And I say, you know what? This is, this is something, this is a culture that's been going on for 70 years here in our United Methodist. I have no idea what I'm going to do. You know, because it's something that's been creeping into our churches for the, the past 70 years, the culture of elevating our own personal uh, thoughts, our own personal experience over Scripture. And so it's very, very difficult. But I pray that God will continue to be with us as we learn to discern His voice in our own lives. And I'm not here to teach, I'm not here to tell you what, what to believe in, but I'm here to tell you the history of how we've discerned God's will in the past and how Many people nowadays discern God's will. And so the things I want us to realize today is the first thing is that just as a child is able to recognize his mother's voice, it is very, very important for us to recognize the voice of God. Number two, I want us to realize that there are many, many voices that's battling for our, our attention every single day. And the third thing I want us to know is that there is a God who wants to communicate his will to us. It's up to us to choose which voice will you listen to. Let us pray. Father, we come before you with humble hearts. Father, we ask that you lead us and continue to reveal your voice to us, continue to reveal your will to us. Let us not seek after our own ways, Father, but let us seek after your ways. And so, Father, we lift everyone here up to you. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.